Okay, we're rolling. All right. Praise the Lord. Okay, uh, I want us to start here in Psalm 25. And like I say, look at this. It, the very first few words tells us it's a prayer, okay? So it's not about, is this a fast song or a slow song? Uh, we don't care. We, it is a prayer. To you, O Lord, I pray. Don't fail me. Now notice, it's to you, I pray. We don't need, I mean, we're praying nationally for our nation. That's great and stuff. But until you get the monkey off your back, it's going to be very hard for you to pray for anybody else because you're, you're, you're distracted. Even today, you could be distracted. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful day outside and whatever, but something may be on your heart and you're not sure how you're going to, this is how you're going to get it fixed. He says, don't fail me, Lord, for I'm trusting you. What's, you're going to heaven. Well, see, that's what the point is. It's not about going to heaven. We're already going to heaven. We got that one covered. Jesus died for us. He says, don't let my enemies succeed. Now, remember, he was king of Israel, whatever. Don't give them victory over me. Well, no, hey, you can't always win. <laughs> yeah, we are, too. Can you imagine you getting to heaven and go, well, Lord, I thought you said we had streets of gold. And the Lord says, well, you can't always win. Yes, you can, okay? I mean, like they say, you know, you may not have won the battle, but you're going to win the war, okay? At least be thinking that way, okay? Watch this. Don't give them victory over me, okay? None of those. Look at this. Now, this is why it's a psalm, and this is why you and I can have it, and this is why David even shared it with us. Obviously, David wrote this down because it worked. He says, uh, none, okay, that's pretty bold, of those who have faith in God will ever be disgraced for trusting him. Now, that's actually a verse out of the book of Romans. They pull it. The book of Paul, Paul used this verse, and it's, um, it's in Romans chapter 10 where it says, Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then it goes on and it says, All those that trust in him will never be disappointed or not ashamed. Praise the Lord. Now, wait a minute. Well, I guess he's talking about going to heaven. Well, partially what Paul was talking about in Romans was going to heaven. But don't just give Jesus credit to take you to heaven and then not notice in Revelation 3, standing at your door going, you know what, I'm going to take you to heaven, but you know, you're going to be here a lot longer than you think. And you need my help every day. And when you start thinking about he fed to 5,000, then he turned around and fed to 4,000. And then you may not realize that Jesus was in the boat one day, you know, they're on the way across and and the, the, and the scripture says that the disciples forgot to bring a couple of hamburgers. They didn't have nothing on the boat. And Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. Leaven meaning talking about bread. The disciples are going, oh, we didn't bring no bread. We have upset the Lord. He's going to be mad at us because we didn't bring any food. <gasps> Jesus caught wind that they thought he was talking about bread. And he said, are y'all so dense? He said, I fed the 5,000. How many loaves were left? I mean, how many baskets full? And they said, 12. I fed the 4,000. How much was left? And they said, well, seven or however many baskets it was. And he says, I can't believe y'all think I'm worried about food, you know. And so when you, when you realize he fed the 5,000, which we heard, and you realize he fed the 4,000, those were not two miracles standalone by themselves. We look back through history and go, wow. What a great thing. I'm supposed to remember like the disciples on the boat. If I'm ever short, if I'm ever hungry or whatever, don't worry. David wrote a psalm called the 23rd and it says he prepares a table for you and I in the presence 
of our enemies. He will always provide. But anyway, don't give him victory. All those who have faith in God will never be disgraced for trusting him. Now, that right there would get my attention. And this is how we win people, excuse me, we win people to the Lord. Just be yourself. Trust the Lord. You got somebody who says, I just don't believe in this Lord stuff. I don't believe in Jesus, whatever. Just all right. You just live your life. The Lord will show them. It's like Pharaoh. Pharaoh over here. And the Israelites over in the land of what? Goshen. Remember that? All you know what broke out on top of Pharaoh and his group. But guess what happened to these guys? Not a thing. Not even a dog, the scripture says, barked at them. When it was dark over there in Pharaoh's, in Egypt, the Israelites had light. It's all right. The Lord knows how to get you friends. Knows how to get you family. Don't worry about it. Verse 4. Show me the path where I should go. Oh, excuse me. Notice it. But all who harm the innocent shall be defeated. Show me the path where I should go, O Lord. Point out the right road for me to walk. Lead me. Teach me. For you are the God who gives me salvation. Now, this salvation is today salvation. It's temporary problems. It's, you know, I lost my favorite ring. That's silly. No, 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 no. Jesus taught the kingdom of God about that. A woman had ten coins. She lost five. Or no, she lost one, whatever it was. And she swept the whole house trying to find that thing. <laughs> and guess what? She found it. And then what'd she do? Got on the phone and started talking to her best friends going, y'all come see me, you know, whatever. <clears throat> All right. So, uh, well, I keep, what am I doing here? I'm hitting some buttons here. Okay. Uh, oh, this little thing came up. Okay, so here we are back at, um, looks like antivirus thing. Hang on one second. Oh, there we go. Okay, so back at Psalm 25, show me the path where I should go. O Lord, point out the right way for me, road for me to walk. Okay, lead me, teach me, for you are the God who gives me salvation. I have no hope except in you. Overlook my youthful sins. <laughs> Whoa, wait a minute here. But if you make a mistake, listen, we're all under the problem that Adam created to begin with. It, was, it only took one sin that created death for all of us. Now, we added to it, but still... It was Adam. That's the reason it's so important and it makes sense that we believe in one. We believe in Jesus now and he takes us out from underneath this. But notice this. Overlook. Now how can you get away with this? Well, David did. He just said, overlook my youthful sins. You shouldn't have none, boy or girl. He's already a king at this point. He didn't write this when he was 12. Oh Lord, look at me Instead, through eyes of mercy and forgiveness and through eyes of everlasting love and kindness. Now, that's where it loses a lot of people right there. They do not think Jesus today will treat them that way. And oh, yes, he will. Jesus got real hot and bothered at some people in uh, Matthew, chapter, uh, Matthew chapter 9. He was off at these despicable people's houses and uh, the Pharisees were mad about it. And the, uh, they said, how, how come Jesus, Jesus, how come you're going over to these despicable people? And Jesus fired back and he said, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. And he said, you guys need to learn that. And it was the religious people. We can become callous and religious. Not talking about other people, but we could toward them, but toward ourselves. We don't think Jesus will help us. We think, well, Jesus, I'm just not as good as Richard, but please, I'm doing the same thing. Don't look at me as being perfect. I've learned. I'm doing this. Praise the Lord. All right, let's keep going. The Lord is good and glad to teach proper path to all who go astray. That's everybody. 
He will teach the way that are right and best for those who humbly turn to him. And when we obey him, every path he guides us on is fragrant in his loving kindness and his truth. But he goes on and says, oh, but my sins, okay? Look at that. Look at that. I'm the, David basically saying, I'm the worst one. You know who else in the Bible said he was the worst one? Paul did. Paul said, I am chief of all sinners. But then he goes on the next phrase. He says, but even unto me, the mercy of God was given to me. So he said, so I could be a pattern. So in other words, if God helped me. Remember, Paul took Christians and said, you're going to die for believing in Jesus. And would rush him off to be killed. Okay. So he says, but Lord, my sins, how many there are. Oh, pardon them for the honor of your name. Well, all right. Where is the man who fears the Lord? He'll teach him how to choose the best. He shall live within God's, look at this, circle of blessing. And his children shall inherit the earth. Well, we got a couple of kids back here in the back. And you can see already that these fine folks, I mean, we know them, Joe and Josh. I mean, they've got nowhere to go but be blessed. Because they believe these things we're talking about here. The Lord takes care of Now watch it. He's not done. He, remember, he started out by saying, man, i got some enemies after me. Look at this. Friendship with God is reserved for those who reverence him. Now, it's talking about you and I. With them alone, he shares the secrets of his promises. What promises? There's only one. You're going to heaven. Oh, please. It's the promise of your family. It's the promise of your finances. It's the promise of your, of your health. It's the promise of whatever you get yourself in trouble over. He'll help you. Now, look at this. My eyes are ever looking to the Lord for help. You're not going to wear him out. It's okay. For he alone can rescue me. Now, watch this. Come, Lord, show me your mercy, for I am helpless, overwhelmed, in deep distress. Something bad was going down. But look what David's doing. He's not running to other people saying, oh, oh please, y'all help me. I'm just having a bad day. He went straight to the top. Now, look what he says. And have you ever said this? I know I have. It's like Bob told me one time. I laughed when, he, when he and I first became friends. He says, you know, if it's not one thing, it's two. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's, it's funny. Well, look at this. My problems go from bad to worse. Oh, God. Yeah. But look at this. Oh, save me from them all. Now, unfortunately, I'm glad here, but unfortunately, many people, even in our town, even this morning, they're not being taught that Jesus will save you from all of your troubles. They're probably taking up an offering. Nothing wrong with offerings, I understand. They probably got announcements and whatever. But this is staring at us right in Psalm 25. It'll never disappear. Oh, that guy's message was a good message. Well, we're all going to forget it shortly. But Psalm 25 will always be here. So my problems go from bad from worst. Save me from them all. See my sorrows. Feel my pain. Forgive my sins. I mean, he never backed off and said, Well, I guess I'm just toast because you're never going to forgive me. Now, here's the end of it. Feel my sorrows, feel my pain, forgive my sins. See how many enemies I have and how viciously they hate me. Save me from them. Deliver my life from their power. Oh, let it never be said that I trusted you in vain. So in other words, this has got to work, Lord. Assign me godliness and integrity as my bodyguards. For I expect you to protect me and to, look at this, and to ransom Israel from all our troubles. What is Jesus, Santa Claus? Oh, he's so much better than Santa Claus. Santa Claus, guess what? Once a year. <laughs> this is all the time, praise the Lord. And yet today, some people will try to explain all this away and say it's not for you and I. Oh, oh, plug your ears when you hear that. Don't listen to that. Don't. Now, 
Let's just put a little fuel to this and let's see what we can find over here concerning David. David wrote this. Okay. Uh, I want us to go next to, uh, we're going to go straight to Matthew. Because, you know, like I say, some people try to tell us this is myths and fables. Oh, yeah, it's a myth. It's a myth. It's a fable. Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, start in verse 1. These are the ancestors of Jesus Christ. You know, the fable. The descendant of, well, that's a fable, King David. He was here. David was here. He was real. And the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of da-da-da-da-da. I'm going to keep going. Watch this. The guy that wrote that Psalm 25, you know, I mean, it was, you're, you're believing in a book that's, the, the Bible's full of lies. Oh, no, it's not. Let's skip on down here a little bit. Uh, this is a long genealogy down here. Look at verse 17. There are 14 generations from Abraham to the guy that never existed. Oh, of course, then this guy never existed either, you know, Abraham. What? He did too. 14 years from this guy that didn't exist. To the exile, that'd be Nebuchadnezzar. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Israel lost their whole kingdom because of worshiping idols. Okay. And anyway, so, well, hmm. David, 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 huh? We're not done yet in the first chapter. Look at this. The angel said, boy, the angels, the angel fell for that. The angel doesn't even know this stuff never happened. The angel's clueless. No, we know the angel's not clueless. When Jesus was born, right before him, the angel stood by, uh, let's see, he stood by Joseph. And he said, Joseph, son of David. Well, wait a minute. Joseph's dad was not David. What was he referring to? His great, 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 all the way down the line. How many? Fourteen. Fourteen and fourteen, actually. Well, I don't think that's enough. Let's go to, let's go to the ninth chapter just a second. Verse 27. Let me get down here to it. Couple of blind guys. Oh, we get to it. Matthew chapter nine, verse here it comes. Uh, two blind men followed along behind, shouting, "Oh, son of a fable!" <laughs> no. Oh, son of David! Jesus didn't correct them and say, "Now look, I know. Look, let me tell you. Let me explain something. God uses evolution. The planet's been here for twenty billion years, you know. And uh, baloney. There's no way. There's no way." Our sun wouldn't survive billions of years. It's just neat to look at the scientific stuff behind it. Now, the, the, the evolutionists, they'll try to tell you the fossil records on their side. No, it's not. That's the reason they call it the missing link. The British already proved this. It was called the monkey trials, all those things that they did, and they tried to say, well, they, the British already said, nah, you've got to go back and find another answer. That's not there. It's not there because it is a missing link. <clears throat> but anyway... Two blind men followed uh, along behind shouting, O son of David, have mercy on us. Wow. Okay. Let me show you one more. Uh, let's see. Uh, that would be 12. Excuse me. The 12th chapter. Look at this. One day, Jesus was walking through the grain fields with his disciples. Anyway, everybody got hungry and they started eating some. Anyway, the Pharisees saw it and they protested because they were taking the shucks of corn and doing this. And the Pharisees said, y'all are working. It's on Sunday. You're not supposed to work. Jesus said, haven't you ever read? Thank God here and you and all those that read in their Bibles, we're not going to get caught. Not, read, not reading. Now, we don't need to have this thing. Well, have you read this book? Oh, it's a great book by so-and-so. Read this one. 
Now, of course we read other stuff, but make sure you're reading this one. Because Jesus asked these guys, have you not read? I know where this story is. Saul was trying to kill David. David was running for his life. And they were, and they were hungry. And they got down to a place where, let's see, as he mentioned it, well, anyway, um, uh, where the tabernacle was. And, uh, and David and his men, I think there were 300 or six of them, 600 of them. And David said, y'all got anything to eat? And the priest said, well, there's the, the bread of the presence is in the temple. And he gave it to them. And they were supposed to eat it because it's only supposed to be eaten by the Levites. But notice what Jesus said. Have you not read what King David, the person that never existed, did? See, Jesus knew about David. When he and his friends were hungry, they went into the temple and they ate, I think it's the holy bread, whatever, let's see. Well, we skipped it now. Let's see what happened. Uh, oh, let's see. Yeah, they went into the temple and ate the special bread permitted to the priest alone. That was breaking the law too. Haven't you ever read in the book of the law of Moses how the priest on duty, work? they work on the Sabbath. But anyway, he said, uh, there's someone here who's greater than the temple. But anyway, nonetheless, the Lord mentions David. He mentions him several times. Matter of fact, when he came into Jerusalem, all the kids were going, Hosanna to the king of David, Hosanna. And that's where Jesus, they were told, the Pharisees said, tell those kids to shut up. And Jesus said, look, <laughs> if they don't praise me, the rocks are going to shout. They're going to cry out. So, they, so Jesus knew about David. Let's go look at some David stuff here. Amazing, amazing. And why did David always think the Lord was going to bail him out? Well, you go back and read about this guy, just like they could read about you and me. We're writing a book, people that know us. They would know all about it. First thing I want you to see is this is the book of Chronicles. Chronicle means to write something down. Look at chapter 1. Of course, these are fables. These are fables. No, they're not. Who had these details? These are the earliest generations of mankind. This is Chronicles 1, verse 1. Adam, Seth, Enosh. Boy, they kept a record. Well, guess what? If we had lost our Bible today, all of us that had been in Sunday school and listening to the Bible, we would be able to remember them. We'll say, uh, who's that first guy? Bob would say, Adam. Oh, yeah, that's right, Adam. Somebody would say, Methuselah. Well, he wasn't next, but we put him in there, and then we'd figure out who was missing in there. But they did a whole lot better than that. People kept records. Okay. Uh, matter of fact, see what's so funny. Genesis chapter 2, Adam had such an intellect he named all the animals right after God made them. He said, that's a giraffe. That's a kangaroo. That's hippopotamus. God said, whatever he names them, that's what they are. He didn't have to teach, G he didn't have to teach Adam about phonetics or whatever. Wow. But anyway, I just wanted you to see that. But now let's skip ahead. And let's just keep on clicking here. And we're going to go all the way down here to, this is a quick summary of all things that took place here. And all of a sudden we get to chapter 11. And now we're talking about David. When the leaders of Israel went to David, the guy that never existed, and Jesus doesn't even know, oh yeah, he did, went to David at Hebron and said, we are your relatives. Even when Saul was king, now Saul just got killed, okay? You were the one who led our army to battle and brought them safely back again. Now what on earth was that? David was some kind of general. He was some kind of war commander. He brought them all out in the army to fight, and they all come back safely. That happened under Moses one time. 
the generals came to Moses one time. You read it yourself. It's, it's, I think, well, I know where it is. It's Deuteronomy. I'll narrow it down to one book. Toward the end. The generals came up to Moses and said, hey, we just had this big battle out here. You told us to go fight. And uh, listen, we wanted, to bring, uh, we wanted to bring our money in here because we took a toll and we found out we didn't lose a single soldier. <laughs> we wiped the enemy out. We didn't lose nobody. And so the generals were like, we want to make sure that we give our offering to the Lord. Because they knew what happened. Well, David knew that too. And the Lord your God has told you. Notice they're saying the Lord your God. So David must have been making it known that his God was the Lord. You shall be the king, or you shall be the shepherd of my people. You shall be their king. This is when David took over after Saul got killed. David made a contract with them. Notice this, before the Lord. And they anointed him as king of Israel, just as the Lord had told Samuel. First, second Samuel, okay. Then David and the leaders went to Jerusalem, to Je Jebus, as it was called. That's where they get the Jebusites. Those are going to be bad guys. Anyway, where the Jebusites, the original inhabitants of the land, lived. They were actually in Jerusalem. Anyway, so David captured the, fort of, the fortress of Zion, later called the city of David. And now notice this. David said, the first man to kill a Jebusite shall be made commander-in-chief. Huh? Well, Joab, the son of Zeruiah, was the first. He became the general of David's army. Notice it's called David's army. In a moment, we're going to find it gets a little bit of a name change. David lived in the fortress. That's why that area of, uh, let's see. Now, remember, I'm in 1 Chronicles chapter 11. Uh, that's, that's in the fortress. That's, that area is called Jerusalem, is called the city of David. He extended the city around it, a fortress, while Joab rebuilt the rest of Jerusalem. David became more, and look at this, more and more powerful, for the Lord of the heavens was with him. Revelation 3 says, this same Lord is with you. We can do the math. Don't make this a history lesson and think, well, if I was a king, you are king of your life. You've got a world around you, and the Lord is going to do the exact same things for you. These are the names of some of the bravest of David's warriors who, were also, who also encouraged the leaders of Israel to make David their king, as the Lord said what happened. Now, he's going to give you a little bit of details about these guys. Joshabim, we'll just call him Josh or Jash, whatever. Uh, look, notice this. He was the leader of the top three, the greatest heroes among David's men. Once... He killed 300 men with his spear. How, how in the world? We're talking the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. When we get to the next chapter, and that's where I'm going to stop, this whole bunch, guess what they're called? The Lord's army. Well, actually, it's called God's army. God's army. The second of the top three was Eliezer, the son of Dodo. What a name. What's your dad's name? Dodo, whatever. Okay. You know, a member of the sub-clan of Oha, or whatever, Aha, or whatever. He was with David uh, in the battle against the Philistines of Pasdamon. The Israelite army was in a barley field. Look at this. I mean, all of a sudden, Israelites are running for their lives, but watch what this guy does. Remember, why do we have the details? The Israelite army was in a battlefield and began to run away. But he held his ground in the middle of the field. Man, it's over with. Now, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. I remember Psalm 91. Thousand fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come nigh me. That's not the only place the Scripture says that. The Bible says one shall send a thousand to flight. 
two shall send 10,000 to fight. This guy, he's one of the top three. He knew the Lord would help. Even David's best friend at the time was Jonathan, but Jonathan got killed. Jonathan was the son of Saul. Saul's son Jonathan took his shield bearer and they couldn't sleep one night. And they were battling the Philistines. And so they, he kicked his sidekick and said, hey, let's go beat some Philistines. And, the, and his, his helper, the shield bearer, said, do whatever you think's right. And so they creeped over the line and they saw him down there sleeping. But anyway, uh, the, uh, Jonathan had told his shield bearer, he said, remember, the Lord is able to save by many or by few. So they knew, they knew there ain't but two of us, but we're going we're gonna to wipe this bunch out. And they did. They did. Great story in the latter, probably 1 Samuel 20 or 22, something like that. Okay, back to this, here back to this. He held his ground in the middle of the field, recovered it, and slaughtered the Philistines, and the Lord saved them with a great victory. Another time, three of the 30. Now we got 30. I thought there was just three. Now it's 30 now went to David while he was hiding in the cave of Adullam. The Philistines were camped in the valley of Rephaim. Rephaim means giants. That's another word for Goliath, okay? That group. That <clears throat> and David was in the stronghold at the time. The outpost of the Philistines had occupied Bethlehem. David wanted a drink from Bethlehem. I mean, they love David. These are his men. And David spoke up and he said he wanted a drink out of Bethlehem, the well beside the gate. And he mentioned this to his men. These three broke through the Philistine camp because they loved their commander. They also knew they were invincible because of the Lord. And they got him some of that high-protein water, whatever, that great water. They broke through the Philistine camp, drew some water from the well. Of course, these are fables. This never happened. Yes, it did, dude. And they brought it back to David. But look at this. David refused to drink it. Now, David's a little shy about his faith. No, he's not either. Look what he did. Instead, he poured it out as an offering to the Lord. To the Lord. These men knew, David knew the Lord. David taught these guys to fight by the Lord. He said, look, you go out there, don't worry. God's going to bail you out. You, here's what you do. You ask the Lord to help you when you get into battle. He poured it out. God forbid I should drink it. It's the very blood uh, of these men uh, in other words, what did he do? He honored them. He said, you guys risked your life for this. I'm not drinking. Abishai, Joab's brother, commander of the 30. He had gained his place among the 30 by killing 300 men at one with his spear. So he did it too. He was chief and the most famous of the 30, but he was not as great as the three. Benaniah, whose father was a mighty warrior at whatever, Arab. He killed the two famous giants. So it wasn't just David. Wow. From Moab. He also killed a, look at this, he killed a lion in a slippery pit when there was snow on the ground. Once he killed an Egyptian who had seven, who was seven and a half feet tall, whose spear was as thick as a weaver's beam, I mean, pretty big. But Benaiah went up to him with only a club in his hand, pulled a spear away from him, and used it to kill him. I mean, praise the Lord. What do we see from this? Verse 25. He was nearly as great, whoops, he was nearly as great as the three. Uh, he was very famous among the 30. David made him captain of the bodyguard. Okay, other famous warriors. Okay, there's some lists. I'm not going to read all these. Uh, so here's this, 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 this. If you count them, there's 30, whatever, like you said. Now, real quickly, going into the 12th chapter, 1 Chronicles chapter 12. These are the names of the famous warriors who joined David at Ziklag when he was hiding from King Saul. All of them were expert. Look at this. 
expert archers and slingers, they could use their left hand as readily as their right. Like King Saul, they were of the tribe of Benjamin. Their chief was Ahizer, we'll just call him Al, their son of this, uh, this guy and this other guy. His brothers were, and of course he names them, people that never exist, but they wrote their names. No, they did exist. Anyone, anyway, okay. Uh, this guy here, he was higher or higher than the 30. I want to mention something right here. Let's see, keep going. Yeah, verse 8. Uh, great and brave warriors from the tribe of Gad also went to David in the wilderness. They were experts in shield and spear. They were, they were called lion face, swift as deer upon the mountains. Then they named who's in first and second, all this. Okay, verse 14. These men were army officers. The weakest was worth a hundred normal troops. The greatest was worth a thousand. They crossed the Jordan during the flood stage. <laughs> He's invincible, okay? Now, why are they invincible? Well, David told us all about it. It was the Lord. Others came to David from Benjamin, Judah. They went out to meet them. If you've come to help me, we are friends. But if you've come to betray me to my enemies when I'm innocent, may the Lord our fathers see and judge you. The, now look at this. The Holy Spirit came on the, the, the leaders of these other guys. And they said, no, David, we're yours. We're on your side. Peace be to you. Peace from all who aid you. God's with you. Who's with you? God. Now here we are. I'm, I'm going to close right here. Some of, the, uh, some of the men of Manasseh deserted the Israeli army and joined David as it was going into battle with the Philistines against King Saul. But as it turned out, the Philistine generals refused to let David and his men go with him. Actually, at the time, you read this in 1 Samuel, David slipped in and was working for the Philistines undercover. That's what was happening. After much discussion, he sent them back, for they were afraid that David and his men would imperil them, uh, deserting to King Saul. Now, uh, all these details we have here, uh, here's some more of these guys. Notice they were brave and able warriors. Okay, I'm coming up to it. More men joined David almost every day until he had a tremendous army. And look at it, there it is. The army of God. What was going on here? Well, David wrote psalm and psalm and psalm and psalm about it. David lived, as you know, to be an old man. And even when he was fixing to die, you remember the story, his son Absalom was trying to steal the kingdom from him, but it was supposed to go to Solomon. And even on his dying bed, remember that story? The Lord took care of him and took care of Solomon. And I mean, it worked out just like David wanted. And what's going to happen to you and I? Well, we have the details. We can calm down too. We're going to be all right. So anyway, uh, here's the registry of the recruits that joined David. Who were They were all anxious to see David become king instead of Saul, just as the Lord said would happen from Judah. And it named 6,800 troops. I mean, they couldn't have kept better records than what Fred Halbritter in the army did. They kept the records. This stuff happened. Praise the Lord. Well, why are we reading it today? Boy, it helps us, doesn't it? We're like, praise God. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to eat gunpowder and, you know, and chew bullets. We're going to be all right. The Lord's going to take care of us. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that if we're not feeling good, you'll make us well. You're the God of our health. You'll help us. And if we're struggling financially, you'll help us financially. That's just obvious. And if it's some other problem, maybe something like David was facing, whatever, it doesn't matter. We know you're going to get us out of that trouble. We ask you to rescue us. Like you said, rescue Israel from all her troubles. And Lord, that doesn't leave anything left. But for us to leave a record and tell everybody else what the Lord's done for us, because we are in your army too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. All right.